Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. If you take your Bibles with me, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read our text. Ephesians chapter 5. I know you've stood a long time. But we're going to read this text, and I'm going to let you, we're going to pray, and I'll let you be seated. But if you would stand with me one more time for the reading of God's Word. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15. We're going to read through verse 21, very short verses. We'll pray, and I'll let you be seated. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. I'll be reading from the King James Version this morning. It says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. For all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I want to speak to you for a few moments today on the subject, walking wisely. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for the atmosphere that has been here already. Thank you so much for these men and women that that faithfully come and practice and prepare and lead us into worship. Thank you for a congregation that doesn't just sit and stare, but also pursues your presence, oh Lord. I thank you for that. And most of all, I thank you, Lord, that you're here, that you honor your word that says that you will inhabit the praises of your people, for I know that you're here. Now, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, God, both here in the building, listening by podcast. Would you open their hearts, minds, and spirits? Let them be receptive to your word. Let the seed fall on good ground and bring forth a hundredfold harvest. Lord, I ask that you'd help me today. God, anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought and speech that is so absolutely necessary to do what you've called me to do here today. God, I give you thanks in advance for what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Throughout the entire New Testament, we can find two basic themes. Everything in the New Testament can be placed in these two very broad categories, which are, number one, how we are redeemed by God, by grace, through faith. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no way we can earn it. We, we can't earn our salvation. We can't earn our redemption. You can't pray enough. You can't feed enough hungry people. You can't clothe enough orphans. You can't. There's nothing that you can do to ever earn redemption. It's by grace through faith. Number two, the second broad category we can put really everything in the New Testament is how we as the redeemed are to live. The ethics, the ethical imperatives then of grace. In other words, we believe that redemption was free. We can't earn it. But we do believe, secondly, that once we have received that redemption, that God then gives us imperatives of how we should live our lives. 
ethics of how we should respond then. Redeemed, born again, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled people. Come on, somebody. The Bible does tell us then we can't earn that redemption. It's all given by grace through faith. But once we have received that, he says, you're supposed to live then according to the way I give you in my word. And the book of Ephesians can be divided into these two categories also. Chapters 1 through 3 contain theological declarations about the redemption God has provided in Christ. And then chapters 4 through 6 contain the practical instructions for the redeemed, both individually and corporately as the church. Now, of course, this does not mean that they are completely separate because they are two indispensable parts of the whole. However, Paul does separate them for purposes of presentation and organization. And our text this morning from the book of Ephesians chapter 5 is taken from this second section, how we as the redeemed are to live. And so here we are on this second Sunday of the year of our Lord, 2023. Come on, somebody be honest, somebody that's been around a while. How many of you say, you know, I really didn't expect to make it this far. Come on, somebody. You know, I didn't even really expect to be here around in 2023, whether it be uh, you thought you'd be dead by now or whether you thought the Lord would have come and raptured us by now. Either way, uh, you know, uh, you did not think you would make it here. But here we are on this second Sunday of 2023. And I want to take this text from this section because as we begin our year, I want us to look at how we as the redeemed are supposed to live. I believe God's given us instruction. So keeping this in mind, let's look at the first verse of our text that tells us then to walk wisely. That's my first point, that we walk wisely. Look at verse 15 again in our text. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You begin to study that word circumspectfully. It means exactly, diligently, perfectly. Now, now I know what's going through your mind. You say, oh, pastor, there we can't live, absolutely, no, we can't live perfectly. On this side of eternity, there's no way we are not perfect people. We're going to mess up. But I do believe that the Bible does teach that we should strive for perfection. You know, so many of us, we, we've, we've tried to take the easy way out, haven't we? When we're not perfect, we're like, there ain't even no sense in trying to be perfect because I'll never be perfect. That's absolutely wrong to do that. I agree that you never will be perfect, but we can, thank God, improve. Amen. God has told us here that we're going to walk exactly, diligently, perfectly. Can I, I'm going to give you some tough stuff on this second Sunday here. You see, what that means to me to walk exactly, diligently, perfectly, I'm going to get into it a little more, but I want to contrast the other way also so it brings it about. He said, what's the other way? He said that you walk circumspectfully, not as fools. That means that as fools you would live sinfully carelessly. In fact, Jesus himself in the book of Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 said this. He said, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You know, I mentioned this last week or the week before, 
You know, it's easy on a broad road to drive. You don't have to pay attention as much. When it's, when it's broad and it's open, you don't have to pay as much attention to what's going on around you. And we find here that in the Scriptures that the way that a fool would live is to live carelessly, to not pay attention. You know, so many people today, they want to live for Christ. Well, they say they want to go to heaven. How about that? They say they don't want to go to hell. They want to go to heaven, and then they just want to be carefree and just live however in the world they want to. But I don't believe that that's the way that Scripture teaches. Even in the church, you've heard me talk about this before, we've become so focused on convenience. Well, you know, if we want to draw people in, we're going to have to make it as convenient as possible. We're, we're going to have to just, we're going to have to give them everything they want. We're going to have to entertain them. We're going to have to give them everything they might possibly want. Everything's got to be glitzy and shiny and everything's, and you know me well enough that I do believe that if we're going to do something for the Lord, we should do it well, and we should make it first class. But at the same time, I believe that we've also fallen victim to this mentality. Folks, I've come to the place where I've realized that those that are going to live for God, it is just not going to be that easy. We want to try to make it easy, but Jesus himself said, broad is the way, easy is the way that leads to destruction, but straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life. In other words, you're going to have to pay attention to live as a Christian. You're going to have to put some discipline into it to live as a Christian. You're going to have to pick up this book more than just once a year or twice a year. You're going to have to read. You're going to have to pray. You're going to, it's going to take some effort to live wisely. So Paul then gives us three ways to live wisely in this same text. If you're taking notes, the first way is redeeming the time. Look at verse 16 if you would. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now some of you heard me say this. I've had a few, few jokes already. If you caught my Facebook video from the roof Friday clickbait, I said. You know, some, some people, they use all kind of ways to try to get you to click on something and do something, and so why not use stupidity, you know? And so I, I tried a little stupidity, and it has gotten several views, so, you know, I got the message out regardless. But I told you in that that this was where we were going to go, redeeming the time. You begin to interpret that, making the most of the time, or literally buying the opportunity. Matthew Henry says, it is a metaphor taken from the merchants and traders who diligently observe and improve the seasons for merchandise and trade. You know, I've already mentioned, made mention in this about, you know, clickbait and how there are people that study all this stuff, marketing. You know, now in recent years, uh, things online and social media, listen, it matters. They, they study all this, the cycles and the algorithms, and it, it even matters at times. People study all this stuff that it matters when you make a post because if you make a post at this time, it won't get as much views as it will if you make a post at this time. And when you 
you make a post, it needs to show this and it needs to show that and, and, and all of these things. And, and here, obviously, in the New Testament, as Paul is talking, he's, he's using this, this language that lets them know from that day, people that were trying to sell stuff. Now, in March, we're gonna, our family will be going on a, on a cruise. And uh, how many of you have ever been on a cruise before and you've ever got off the port when you get off the boat into these ports, what do you have? You got people that are clamoring because they want to be the first ones there you see selling their stuff, don't they? They want a prime location. They want a prime spot so that when these American tourists step off their boat with their money, that, that their stuff is the first thing that's seen, and hopefully they will buy it. What is that? It's making the most of the opportunity. Jesus himself said in John chapter 9 and verse 4, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. If you've ever been, how many of you have ever been to a car lot before? Come on, let me see your hand. You've ever been to a car lot before. If you've ever been to a car lot, you know that there's this whole system. You pull up on a car lot and, and a salesman or a sales lady is going to come and they're going to try to, to sell a car to you. You walk into a furniture store and they're going to come and they're going to try to sell you a couch. You come in for a couch, but they want you to get the love seat and the recliner and maybe even the dining room set to go with it. Why? They're going to make the most of the opportunity because you've walked into their store and obviously you're wanting to buy something, and so they want to sell you as much of their merchandise as they possibly can. They make the most of the opportunity. And folks, can I tell you something here today? And I know I know what I'm saying. You say, are you contradicting yourself? No, I'm not contradicting myself. But what I do see is this, that as Christians, it is going to be tough and difficult. But yes, at the same time, we have a responsibility that we've got to take every opportunity we can to make sure that people around us hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility, church, that we take every opportunity we can to let people know that they are dying and going to hell unless they come in contact with a man called Jesus who can save them and forgive them and give them a new destination called heaven. In other words, we need to take every opportunity that we can. If it's in the grocery store, if it's at work. Come on, anybody ever know, you know you had a God moment and you had an opportunity to talk to somebody about you. Come on, anybody ever had that before? Come on, let me see your hand. I'm not going to take it. I, I can admit there's been times I've missed it before because I was selfish, because of, eh, they probably don't want to hear about God. I knew, I knew, I, I knew I needed to open my mouth. I knew I needed, but I've missed it before, and I've hit it before. Listen, I, listen, I'm going to tell you something. When I read this and how it's buying the opportunity, making, redeeming the time, making the most of the opportunity, I would rather miss it, and somebody's not ready to hear, that, and, and they, they blow me off, than they were ready, and I did not say something. You see, our time is a talent given to us by God. Every single one of us, no matter how rich, no matter how poor. I know sitting in this room, I've told you many times, that in this room are all kinds of levels of education. Some without a high school diploma, 
Some with a GED, some with a high school diploma, some with bachelor's degrees, some with master's degrees, some with PhDs. We've got all kinds of educational, but, but listen, no matter how much, or we've got all kinds of money, people with different kinds of money. I'm still believing, I'm just crazy enough, I'm still believing somebody's going to come by and drop us a million-dollar miracle. <laughs> well, a few of you believe it with me. I'm still believing for it. But every single one of us, no matter how much education we have or don't, money we have or don't, there's one thing that's equal to all of us. Every single one of us get 24 hours in a day. Every single one of us are given the same amount of time by the Lord. We have been given this time. It is a talent, I believe, a resource given by God. And I believe that when you study this word, redeem, it means to rescue from loss. You may have wasted time. But God said, it's time to redeem it. Hey, we're all guilty of it. And I think the more we go along, the easier it is to waste it, to spend countless minutes and hours wasted on stupidity. But God is saying, redeem it. You may have wasted time. It's all right. Pick up from right now and redeem it. Listen, you may have wasted years of your life not living for God, not doing what you know he wants you to do, but now is the time to go full speed ahead. 2023, God is still here, and he's still wanting you to do the work that he has called you to do. Don't ever let the past determine your future. Don't ever let your past failures, don't ever let your past time-wasting, opportunity-wasting, don't you ever let that prevent you from moving forward because God sent me here on this second Sunday in 2023 at Starkville Church of God to tell somebody you still have an opportunity to redeem the time. Don't worry about the past. Put the past under the blood and pick up right here and right now and say, I've been given the gift of time. I've been given the gift of breath in my body. I've been given the gift of life, and I'm going to pick up, and I'm going to redeem the time. I may have wasted years. I may have wasted time. I may have wasted years in sin or just halfway doing what I know I should have done, but I choose today to not do that any longer. I choose today to redeem the opportunity God's given to me. Give God praise if you believe that here today. If you're taking notes, the second way I believe we find here in the Scripture to live wisely and not as a fool is to understand the will of the Lord. Look at verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, there's been books written Sermons preached, series taught, all about the will of the Lord. Wisely making the best use of opportunities has to do with diligence. Somebody say diligence. <laughs> Understanding the Lord's will has to do with discernment. Everybody say discernment. You know, that's something we don't talk about a whole lot in the church anymore, is it? Is discernment far as I know, it's still in here, isn't it? 
Somebody say amen. You see, understanding the Lord's will has to do with discernment. Wisdom for daily living resides in God's will. James 1 and 5 tells us this, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I don't know about you, but I've been fortunate enough. I've encountered, I've encountered some wise people in my life. I've encountered some dumb people, some unwise. Maybe that was too harsh to say dumb, some unwise people in my life. But I've been fortunate enough to encounter some wise people in my life. And there's been times that I've thought, man, I, I would really like to be one of those wise people. As I get older, as I have less hair, as my children get older, you know, as I'm doing this, we're getting close to hitting 20 years of pastoring. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I'd really like to be one of those older, not old, old yet, but, you know, older. I finally get to the place where people don't look at you as you're just green and young and you don't know anything, but kind of be at that place where, you know what, he's got some years, he's got some wisdom. But you know what God says? He said, if any of you lack it, and it says what? He'll give to all men liberally. Now, please, don't misunderstand me here. I, I, I want to tell you something because I want you to understand this. And I want to say this as, as, as humbly as I possibly can. Because I want you to hear my heart because I want somebody else to be able to receive it. I won't ever forget our first church we're pastoring. And... I remember, how many of you, some of you, some of you that's been around a little while, how many of you remember Brother Walter P. Atkinson? Anybody remember Brother Walter P. Atkinson? I believe he, did he ever, over, was he ever overseer of Mississippi? I think he was at one time, a long time ago. Brother Walter Atkinson had come, his daughter, one of his daughters had come to preach for us at our church. Brother Atkinson had come along. He was not a state overseer, not on the committee. He was, he was retired at that point before he went on to be with the Lord. And I won't ever forget Brother Atkinson in the altars that night that he came. He wasn't even preaching that night, but he, he was in the altars, and he came, and he prayed over me. And, and he said, Lord, I pray that you would grant Dennis wisdom. And I received it, and I prayed for it. And I, I, that's just one, that one time. And listen, I, I'm, again, please, please, please don't misunderstand me here because I've made stupid mistakes. yes. But I've also, even in, in younger years, had people tell me that, you know, how did you, that's a wise decision. Well, you know what? It ain't because I'm that smart. I'm not. You can check my transcript and find out I'm not that smart. But I do believe in the Word of God, and I believe what it says when we ask for wisdom, that He'll give it to us. And I want you to hear me today and, and know that it's not just for preachers. It's not just for pastors. I think it's pretty clear right there. Anybody, anybody, and not even just, hey, if you'll ask, he might give you a little bit. No, he said, if you ask, he gives to all men liberally. If you'll ask him for it, if you'll believe him for it, he'll give you that wisdom that you need. God's will can be divided into his two, two parts, I believe. His general will and his particular will. I got, I, I'm looking at the clock. I need to move on. You can divide his will into his general will and his particular will. What is it? First of all, if you're taking notes, here you go. His general will is what we find in Scripture. 
2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, he says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, usward, ready, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is God's general will. You don't, have, you don't even have to pray about it. Come on, somebody. He wants everybody that will to be saved, according to this book. That's his general will. You don't got to pray about it. You don't got to ask anybody about it. It's part of his general will revealed to us in his word. It is his will that nobody go to hell if they'll just accept it. John chapter 6, verses 39 and 40. And this is the Father's will, Jesus speaking here, which hath sent me, of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at that last day. It's God's will that people see the Son and believe in the Son and put their faith in the Son and have life everlasting. Somebody say amen. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says this, And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 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 Me. All of it. Come on, point at yourself. Say, this is God's will concerning me. Oh, come on. Say it with me. This is God's will concerning me. That in everything I give thanks. You don't have to pray about that. It's God's will that you be thankful. It's not just at Thanksgiving. It's not just in the month of November when you post your 30 days of thankfulness. It's God's will for you and for me every single day that we take a breath and pick our heads up off of our pillow to give thanks to God Almighty for all he's done for us. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3, for this is the will of God even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Whew. Can I just tell you, it's God's will for you to live holy. Then there's particular will. I better move off that. Y'all getting uncomfortable. His general will and then his particular will. His particular will comes through scriptural principles, community counsel or wisdom, prayer, and direction revealed by the Holy Spirit. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, probably one of the most famous scriptures that we quote in these instances, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. All of us have to make decisions. All of us are, are looking for that. Right here in this room, especially, you know, especially here at this church as we deal with college students, you know, they have, they come, they come in as freshmen. Some of them are undeclared. Some of them have majors. Some of them, they got to figure out what they're going to make their first major. Some of them, they're deciding if they're going to change their major two or three times. Some of them, like me in college, I met my wife, pray about, is this the right one? I mean, there's a lot of, we do it, but it's not just us. It's also our youth, our, ki our kids, and us even as adults that we have, we have to determine it. Now, the Lord is not going to say, you know, here's what you need to do. Maybe you're determining, you know, I got my master's. Do I need to go? I mean, I got my bachelor's. Do I need to get a master's? Or I got my master's. Do I need to go ahead and go for a doctorate? What is the will of the Lord? Well, you're not going to pick up the Bible and say, thus say it's not going to say, thus saith the Lord. You need to go and get your master's degree. No. 
It's not going to say it's, it's not that way. His particular will, again, listen to me, comes through scriptural principles, community counselor wisdom, prayer, direction revealed by the Holy Spirit, that discernment. That's why it's important. That's why it's important. Now, listen, listen. help me, Jesus. God's particular will, listen, listen to me, God's particular will will never go against his general will revealed in Scripture. We live in a world where people are saying, you know what, I think I'm going to divorce my spouse. I think somebody else's spouse is God's will for me. <laughs> you know, 30, 40 years ago, you know, we would have said, that's just crazy to think what people would ever say that and believe that. But my Lord, it's happening in churches everywhere. Can I tell you that God's will, God's will tells us we're to love. It's never God's will for us to be racist. It's never God's will for us to be hateful. Listen, that God's particular, you think you know God's particular will? You want to know whether what you, you feel, I feel like this is God's will for my life. Well, first of all, it's got to line up to this right here. And if it don't line up to this right here, it ain't the will of God. And I don't care if you like it or not, or you never come back or not, or you hate me, you think I'm stupid, it don't matter. God will never tell you to do anything that goes against his holy written word. So as you're searching for God's particular will for your life, you know this book. And then if, if this particular choice lines up with this book, find you somebody wise. Don't, don't ask don't ask old Billy Bob that gets drunk in the cotton district every Saturday night to help you to find the will of God. The third way to live wisely is to be filled with the Spirit. Look at verse 18 there in our text, Ephesians chapter 5. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always, though so there that is again about giving thanks. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. So we find the contrast occurs in verse 18, drunkenness versus spiritfulness. But we find here that there's a contrast, drunkenness versus spiritual fullness. Both of these involve the self coming under the control of an external power. And the states of alcoholic and religious intoxication were often compared. Right here we're found. What do you want to be controlled by? You want to walk wisely? You want to do what the Lord, you want to know the will of God? Well, you're going to be controlled by something. Something's going to control you. We're human beings. Something's going to control you. Well, you can either be controlled by alcohol. You can either let down all, just have all your inhibitions there and let it down to alcohol. Or on the flip side of it, the comparison in Scripture is you can be filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. It's all, look, look back at the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. Peter stood up and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. We find that there are similarities, obviously, to the infilling of the Spirit and, and the, the drunkenness on alcohol. Uh, obviously, one, they both then are an influence to you. One is going to leave you with a hangover. One is going to cause you to do things that you don't want to do. One is going to make you make choices that you normally wouldn't make. Or the other is going to leave you feeling better in the morning. Being filled with the Spirit is going to make you wise. Being filled with the Spirit is going to influence you in the way that God wants your life to go. We are told to always be filled with the Spirit. 
And I've told you this before, but I will give you this again. Be filled. The precise, the precise form of the verb be filled is significant for four reasons. Number one, it is an imperative and thus a command. It's not an option or a suggestion. It, it carries an urgent weight of importance. In other words, the scripture is not just suggesting, you know what, if you'd like to be fit. No, it, it is a command. Scripture is saying, be filled with the Spirit. Can I just tell you, church, I believe God wants us to be filled with His Spirit. I believe God wants us to be filled with His Spirit at all times. Secondly, it is plural and thus applies to the body of Christ collectively. We are to be so full of God that our worship and our homes give full evidence of the Spirit's presence. And he begins to talk about this in these following verses by song, by praise, by thanksgiving. You see, this ought to apply to everybody in the church, and it ought to be obvious in everything that we do. I want our words to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want our songs that we sing in this building to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want our praises to be filled with the Spirit of God. It is my desire that everything is filled with God's Spirit. It's also passive and can be translated, let the Spirit fill you. We must have an openness and obedience to the Spirit so that nothing hinders Him from filling us. In fact, the church at Thessalonica was given these instructions in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the Spirit. If you've been in Pentecost very long, you probably heard old-timers back in the old days used to say the Holy Ghost is a perfect gentleman. He'll never force himself on you. And it's the truth. I told you about God's general will, His general will. He wants everybody to be, He's not willing that any should perish, but He wants all to come to repentance. But he's not going to make you be saved. You've got to choose. It's God's will that his church be filled with the Spirit of God. It's God's will that you and me every single day of our lives be filled with his Spirit. But he's not going to make us be filled with the Spirit. This 17-year-old, we still joke. When she was little, she was almost to having to get tubes in her ears. Ear infection after ear infection after ear infection. And we'd take her to the doctor. And we would buy these antibiotics. And I don't know what the deal was at that time or where we were, but it's like, dear God, there was no generics. And it cost, especially when we were young and, 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 and broke and trying to buy these antibiotics, didn't seem they were always expensive. Come on, parents, somebody say amen. And then her, her little bald head, we'd try to get the antibiotics in her mouth, and I, I'm, every spoonful felt like it was 30 bucks, and we'd stick it in her mouth, and she... Come on, parents. Some of y'all got to feel what, what I'm talking about right here. Some of y'all still doing it. Some of y'all young ones, y'all like, I don't... Oh, my precious baby would never do that. Just wait. Just wait. And we do everything she used to love, orange juice. Then we get to putting it in her orange juice. She won't even touch orange juice anymore. The orange juice trick ran out. And then finally, we just had to literally hold her down and take one of those little syringes and try to keep her, hold her little mouth shut and force the medicine into her. Finally, the, the last ear infection she had. 
I told the doctor, we can't afford no more of that. She spits half of it out. Do you got a shot? <laughs> She's like, yes. I'm like, you tell us this earlier. <laughs> the Lord is not going to force his spirit down you like we had to force the medicine down our kid. Now, it's right there. It's right there. His spirit is always right there, waiting, holding it out, saying, take it, receive it. I want you to just see after, and you'll take it <laughs> and receive it. It takes, though, it takes, it's his will for you to have it, but how many of you know he will never force you? It, it, you have to allow him to come and live in you. Finally, as our musicians come and take their places, it is present tense and thus carries the idea of an ongoing action. Our physical bodies need constant renewal that sleep brings, and the body of Christ needs the renewal that the Holy Spirit brings. Every single one of us, there's no doubt it's, it's noon on the dot. Probably every single one of us, about this time, you're starting to think that you're ready for lunch. Come on. Because every single one of us, our body needs fuel. Our body needs food. It don't matter. You could leave here. And you could go to whatever restaurant that you want to go to, either a buffet and just feel your, since we don't, since we don't have one anymore. Was there a Ryan's? What would there used to be in Starkville? Ryan? Was there a Ryan's Golden Corral? Right? Whichever one there, I can't remember. I remember going to Ryan's in Tupelo for the first time when it first opened up. And listen, you could go to a buffet and you could feel yourself completely full to where you just feel like if you opened your mouth, food would fall out. But you know what? For the day's over, what's going on? You're going to be hungry again. But you know what we do spiritually? We think, well, I'll just come get a little bit on Sunday. I'll be good. i just come a little, hear the preaching, you know, get my praise on a little bit. Listen, every single day, it's present tense. It, it keeps that being filled with the Spirit. It's present tense, that ongoing action. Be filled and be continually filled with the Spirit of God. Every single day, God, fill me with your Spirit. I hope today before you leave, you'll say that, Lord, fill me with your spirit. But I hope today's not the last time. I hope tomorrow that you say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Tuesday, you wake up, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Because just like the physical body needs food and nourishment and rest, our spirit man, our spirit man, needs the Spirit of the Lord every single day to strengthen and refresh us. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.